What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Mile Higher Podcast, episode 154. Today, we wanted to take another look at the royal family. We have talked about Princess Diana. It's been a long time. Of, yeah, it has been. It's been a really long time. It's been a minute time. since we've talked about the royal family at all. I think that was one of our first podcasts. It was. About Diana. I'm pretty sure it was like either in the first 10 or 20 that we covered that conspiracy. Yeah, yeah. So it's been, we're definitely long overdue to look at it again. And this time we wanted to focus more on the royal family overall. Um, kind of, well, the reason we really wanted to talk about it is because of this latest interview with right. Harry and Meghan. Pretty scandalous. Yeah, <laughs> pretty scandalous for sure. Pretty juicy for us I was us actually Americans. really surprised. For everyone, I guess, but. Because at first I was like, uh, Oprah interview, whatever, like it, there's not going to be anything that's going to be like revelation, you know, revolutionary in there that's going to like change how we look at them or anything. But there was some yeah. serious tea in there. I know. I actually put it on before I went to sleep and I watched like 20 minutes of it. And Josh watched the whole thing after I fell asleep and I woke up the next morning. He's like, Harry came on and spilled the tea. He like, did. He really did, though. He really did. Like when we first visited, you know, when we did Princess Diana, like we'll both admit that we were like pretty clueless about how the, yeah. you know, I know I said a few things wrong in there. Like, yeah. I didn't even know what the religion was. Uh, it's yeah. the Church of England. I think I said then mm-hmm. Angelican. Well, we're church. not that much more of experts. That's now. true. I'm, yeah. <laughs> By no means am I an expert now. It's not like I went to back to school for royal family history, but. But that's true. We do know a little bit more now just because of all the, you know, the research that we've done on these topics since. But when I first covered Princess Diana on my channel, which I want to redo that video because it was one of the first, like, I guess, kind of. Well, it's a big one. Yeah, it was a, a big, big theory. And I, you know? I did it all in one day. I remember doing it, busting it out, waking up early, filming, editing, uploading all in one day because I was crazy and I used to do that. So I really <laughs> want to redo that whole video. But when I first did that, I knew absolutely nothing about the royal family like nothing and i've learned so much since then but i think that's most americans experience Mm -hmm. that we don't really know anything about this family i mean unless you grow up around this it's kind of this unless you're from the uk where it's a huge part of your culture and economy and stuff like here in the united states we have our own royalty in mm-hmm. some regards, you'd say. But it's completely different. And yes. that's one thing that Megan explained in the interview is that celebrities and celebrity culture is so different than the royal family yeah. and being a royal and what that means. Right. And- well, being a part of a monarchy is is a totally different thing in itself than being just like a part of a celebrity family. Because mm-hmm. a monarchy is really like a, it's got a hierarchy, it's got a structure, it's got a deep-rooted history. Um, and for a long time, it had a huge play in politics and government and ruled you know ruled over their kingdoms and empires at one time yeah so now it's kind of evolving especially in the last you know 75 years or so when the current queen queen elizabeth uh, the second i believe Mm -hmm. she you know kind of really it's kind of interesting like everything really shifted with the monarchy Mm -hmm. when she took over uh, being the queen and now it's really kind of removed itself from the political role. And it's mm-hmm. more of like, a, I guess it's Social like part of the culture. Norm. Yeah, it's kind of like this culture that they're trying to preserve. And they don't really play a role in the politics anymore or 
I, I mean, they do to some extent, obviously, but not yeah. like they once. It's not like they're no. ruling the UK. We're the subjects. They're not controlling the laws and things like that. So they're the subjects. I should right. say. Yeah, it's it's completely different, and that's where I think a lot of people are confused. Is like, well, what do they do? What mm-hmm. is, like? What's the point, really? Right. A lot of it is just tradition, and I mean, it's become just a huge part of the culture. Yeah. in the uk well when we went to we kendall and i went to london we did uh for the first time i think a year or two ago maybe like a year uh, or so 2019 yeah yeah it's been like a, a year or two and it was pretty evident that 18, yeah it was it was about a year or two ago that we were there and it was pretty clear to me that you do still see obviously the you know they own a ton of land, a ton of buildings. Mm-hmm. You know, there's gift shops. It's really kind of like this they tourism uh, thing, really, at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, go to Buckingham Palace. You know, there's tours to go see all the the royal, you know, hotspots and things like that where they, you know, they do different things. Different members live and, mm-hmm. you know, they host dinners and stuff. But it's really, it's more, it, to me, it seems almost like it's part of, like, their entertainment there in a way. Yeah. But I th- and I think that's what they kind of want it to look like. But there's a lot of questions to be asked as far as do they actually have any control? Do right. they have a say in things? Are they connected to people who have control? That's kind of what we'll be like looking into. Yeah, because it is like an institution and it is a business at the end of the day. I mean, mm-hmm. that's literally what Harry yeah. said is that it's it's, it's a not business. just this family. And right. I think that's the biggest thing he broke down in this interview yeah. for me is understanding that it's not just the family, you know. There's a lot of really point at any one person for things that are happening. Right. It's not like the queen is the end all be all of the, Mm -hmm. the Royal family and that, you know, everything is run through her and she, it's like, she's the final say on everything. There's Mm -hmm. way more happening behind the scenes that we know about. Yeah. Janelle, I'm curious. Did you ever have any, like, do you, had you ever even heard of the Royals before we started working on stuff content. Mm, yeah. I knew who they were. Like I've heard of them, but I couldn't tell you any of their names or what they, any of doing. their names. I mean, I could probably tell you like, uh, I don't know. I knew queen Elizabeth. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I knew princess Diana's name, but I didn't know anything about her. She's cool. Uh, There's a lot to know about her. But when I was young, like even in high school, when God, what was the big wedding? See, I still, Kate, William, and Kate. Yeah, like I remember it was such a big deal for everyone, and I was like, "What's oh, yeah. the big deal?" I don't know. I like I never had a connection to it, but people love it. Like you said, it's like mm-hmm. entertainment. Yeah, yeah, especially in the UK, it's like generations of families that have followed it, that are really into the history of it and how they all connect. And it's incredibly interesting. This family, just like their dynamics from you know, a drama perspective, like things we won't get into today, but just affairs and who doesn't like each other and who's beefing over money. And there's so much shit going on within the Royal family that, I mean, it's just tabloid city. Like the, the British press is a whole, I mean, it's something that I don't think most Americans understand other than I guess our celebrities, but no one gets the scrutiny that the Royals do. Like every fucking move these people make is highly, analyzed and scrutinized and obsessed over yep, yep. it's really wild it really um, is well i was also thinking too i'm like god why why do us americans not really know that much about the royal family and it's i think it goes back to like the revolutionary war and like 
we literally were like fighting the British to oh, yeah. gain our mm-hmm. independence. So we're kind of like, all right, screw you guys. John. We're we're going to yeah. completely erase that whole chapter from our history. And, you know, we're going to start our own U.S. history. And we've kind of like created our own island from the rest of the world. Whereas they have all these Commonwealth countries, which is really interesting where, mm-hmm. you know, they it was part of their I believe it was a part of their empire at one point. But they still maintain, you know, the queen is still very involved in all these different countries. It's kind of like. They don't have like any actual control of them, but it's more of like a formality type of thing where and there's gosh, there's let's see, there's 54 countries that were once part of the British Empire that they are Commonwealth countries now. So they're Mm -hmm. they still like work with the royal family and they welcome the royal family. It's this weird thing like where they still are they technically the subjects of the royal family. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, not really because yeah. they all have their own governments right. now. They're no, all free, but but still, it's, it's like in it, their eyes, like who do they? I don't know. I guess I don't really get. Yeah, I'm like one of those people who's like really. But I guess tradition and the yeah. outfits are fun. Hey, one thing I like <laughs> about him is looking at their outfits because it's really entertaining. Although I will say the queen beats everyone else. Her outfits are fire. Like Kate, she's got to step it up. The colors, she's got to get more feathers up in there. Big hats. Queen knows what's up because our Met Gala was better than some of their outfits. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Damn. You heard it here first. Yeah. That's the real tea. They need to take advice from you, Kendall. Yeah, they do. Fashionista. They, they need to take advice from the queen herself because she's got the outfits. We'll overlay some pics. But anyway, um, we do have a, an announcement for our brand before we get into everything else. We've had a really crazy last 24 hours. Uh, last 48 hours, I guess you could say. <laughs> we're barely holding on. <laughs> oh my God. Just no, kidding. we'll we're, be fine. We're fine but we'll it's... be completely fine. This is honestly going to affect so many other businesses harder than it's going to affect us. So, I'm trying to have some perspective here. So, basically, in the budget bill that was passed in December um, that Trump signed, it was like one of the last things he signed before he left office. There was a new, I guess you could say, it's really more of like a amendment to a current law that's in place um, called the pact act and basically you might have heard or seen on social media if you're you know into cbd or you're a vapor or anything like that there is a vape mail ban happening which means that the federal government is now making it illegal to for companies online retailers to ship vape products through the USPS mail. And what's unfortunate is that now FedEx, UPS, pretty much every other shipping service has gotten behind this. Mm -hmm. And as of March 28th, uh, the USPS, FedEx is shortly after, UPS is shortly after, they will no longer be sending any sort of packages with any type of vape product in it. So Vape batteries and cartridges. And the thing was, is a lot of people thought that this would not include hemp. That's why... We didn't see this as being a huge problem, but they did include hemp in this, which is insane. It could change. This is not, you know, obviously it's, it's not that it, so it doesn't specifically write out in the actual law that it's hemp CBD, but the prop. So the, here's the problem. The problem is that all, so all people that sell vape products are going to be regulated just like people who sell cigarettes, tobacco, Mm -hmm. where you have to verify that that person's 18 years old and doing this online. So the, I guess I should back up a little bit. The yeah. the main goal is to prevent children 
from getting their hands on vaping products that they shouldn't have. Which is good. Obviously, we don't want that. It's been a major problem in schools and there are certain regulations that need to happen. Um, but there would be all these extra steps to being able to sell any type of vape product. And I mean, I just don't think hemp should be included in this because it's it's separate from this problem. Right. You know, well, it's, it's just Juul. looping it all Juul in screwed together. Everybody. Yeah. Because kids were starting to get jewel pods at school. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, they started lobbying for this law to prevent kids from being, which I totally understand, totally get it. But they should have, you know, when they write these these laws, they they don't think about all the, mm-hmm. you know, ramifications of it and what other types of products could fall under that because they're calling this so they're calling this ENDS, E N D S. And it's super broad. It covers any electronic device that through an aerosolized solution delivers nicotine flavor or any other substance to the user inhaling from the device. So because they wrote it this way, technically the ATF, which is who you actually have to register with if you want to continue selling uh, vape products, uh, cartridges, anything like that online, you have to register with the ATF. And then you also have to, there's all this extra paperwork Uh that has to be done records have to be kept. And if you fuck up at all, you Uh can face jail time and severe fines and penalties. So So. it's basically going to render all these companies not able to Uh do this because of all that, Uh but also there's no way to ship it. You're not even allowed to ship it on any of the carriers. So it's literally impossible, which is so unfortunate because there are so many adults out there who are using hemp and vaping it as an alternative, trying to quit tobacco products um, or nicotine products and it's and they don't have access to a cbd store like somewhere they can buy this locally so it's really it's going to screw those people it's also going to screw so many small businesses i mean we're really lucky that we only carried one flavor of our vape we were planning on expanding and doing all these different things and we can't do it now it's hugely popular but I mean, i feel lucky that you know yeah, I mean, I feel it's, pissed too at the same time. This, this I, d- I know, I'm just like, trying to, I just can't imagine what some small businesses are dealing with now in the in the hemp industry because of this. It's well, it's like, not just hemp too, it's all, yeah. there's companies oh, yeah. online that don't even True. sell nicotine True. products, but they sell the vape devices. Yeah. So they're basically banning the sale and shipping of no, any so sort true. of vape device. Yeah. So that's I can't imagine thousands of companies. some people are dealing with right now, like, so basically, we have to discontinue these products as of right now. Just to clarify, it's just the vape battery mm-hmm. and the vape cartridge. Mm-hmm. Those are the two things that we're pulling right now. We are going to continue carrying our wax, our concentrate, and for right now, our dab pen, because technically it's not delivering it through an aerosolized, you know, it's not creating it, mm-hmm. you know, it's not taking it into that type of um, way so that you're not vaping it the same way for now and i mean this could change like we don't know in the future but i it's a bummer because i know everyone's loving it all the feedback on it has been great we love the cartridges so it's it's a bummer but you know sometimes there's just (laughs) nothing you can do no i mean hopefully hopefully the goal is is that later on there will be a way for them to specify in the law that this is strictly for nicotine products Mm -hmm. only and it excludes Mm -hmm. hemp cbd extracts because it should. This is not fair. No, it's not. And it's... Of course it gets wrapped up in there. It's just typical bullshit cannabis always has to deal with this whole industry. Yeah. And then on top of that, it's like my other my other gripe right now is is like Canada is so hard. Like I know mm-hmm. so many of you have wanted to bring our products to Canada and mm-hmm. I'm 
There's, We're working on it. It's very difficult. Unfortunately, yeah. Canada and, mo and a lot of other countries just straight up ban CBD like the UK. I don't even know if it's even possible, period, to sell in the UK. But mm -hmm. Canada right now is very difficult to sell any sort of hemp product from the US because they regulate CBD exactly the same way they regulate marijuana. <laughs> so, so they, they look at wild. them equally versus here in the US, CBD is not regulated marijuana is but in canada you literally have to jump through all of these hoops not only do we have to get a federal license just to certify that our cbd is, meets their standards but then in every province that we want to sell to we have to then go get additional licenses mm -hmm. so unfortunately for right now it's, it's just not be a minute it's not economical for us to do that and hopefully one day we can yeah. you know afford to do that but i just wanted to update our, the canada startup. folks because there's so it many of you that want it. It's, I know. It does suck because we really wish we could send it to you guys. But right now we're limited to the 50 states of the U.S. right now. Yep. So but that is the update, folks. So, yeah, if you want to check out our products, it's higherlovewellness.com. <laughs> <laughs> but on a positive note, I wanted to say thank you to everybody who's ordered and mm -hmm. just been showing us so much love and enjoying the product so much and telling us how much they've helped you. And we love it when you guys tag us on social media and, you know, if, if you really love the product or you had a great experience, definitely leave a review on the product page. That does really help us out. So, yeah. All right. Do you want to go ahead and get into the royal family? Let's do it. What are we going to start with? What should, what should we start with? Should we start I with... say we start with a little family tree action and try to explain this to people. Because oh I think that's where people are most confused. Can you pull up a family tree on the screen, Janelle? Because I'm just going to try to explain this the best I can. All I know is that... Their, their bloodline is very, it's very complicated because it's a lot of cousins marrying cousins. Okay, time for royal family tree for dummies. So we're going to start with King George VI. He was married to the original Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother, as she's referred to. And they had Queen Elizabeth II, who is the queen we all know now, and also Princess Margaret who Princess Margaret is kind of like no one's favorite in the royal family, it seems. <laughs> Everyone really talks bad about her, yeah. and she apparently was very mean. She had a lot of beef with Diana, and Queen Elizabeth is known to be like the nice sister out of the two. So I don't really know how the arrangement... I'm sure someone can explain in it's the comments. The older person. As far as... Oh, just that's just the role of the oldest person. Yeah, they All give right. the... the the throne to the older. She's probably pissed off. Yeah, she's, exactly. <laughs> she's pissed. So yeah. Queen E the second, she became the queen. Obviously, she married Prince Philip, who's the Duke of Edinburgh. 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 Is it Edinburgh? I'm pretty sure it's Edinburgh. Edinburgh. I don't know. You guys are just oh, gonna rip no. us. It's okay. I was gonna say the here comes the roast. It's okay, guys. We're ready yeah, for we're it. We're ready for the roast. Roast us. We like all it roasted. Day. We like it roasted. <laughs> Roasty and toasty. Um, okay, so then we have they had Prince Philip and Queen Elizabeth had Charles, correct? Correct. Mm -hmm. They also had Anne, mm -hmm. Princess Anne. They had Prince Andrew and Prince Edward. Nice. So there's been a lot of beef between Prince Andrew and Charles because Charles has right to the throne right now. And Prince Ed, uh, Andrew doesn't like that. Yeah. And Prince Andrew's in some uh, hot water. Oh, yeah. We'll Prince Andrew, he's later, a whole but... character. We're going to get into his ass later. <laughs> um, but Anne, as far as I know, I don't know much about Anne. 
think she kind of stays quiet maybe. Um, but then the big conspiracy, I guess, in the Royal family is around princess Diana, right? So she was married. She married Prince Charles, who's queen Elizabeth's son. So princess, she became princess of Wales. And then she had Prince William and Prince Harry who are our princes now. Well, I guess Harry's no longer a prince, right? No title. He said, fuck that whole prince role life. <laughs> Done with that. Um, so then Prince William is with Catherine. And that was a big wedding. That was the one you were talking about. And they are the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. And they have their three children now. Mm-hmm. George, Charlotte, and Louis. And I believe Prince Louis, George is... Louis, sorry. <laughs> yeah, Louis. Louis. Uh, prince George will be the heir to the throne. Right, because he's the oldest. Right. Oh, sick. Oldest yeah. male. Damn, he's set up for life. He'll be the king at exactly. some point. Exactly, yeah. Do you he's... think he knows that he's going to be the king? He, like, brags I... about it to his kids, or just his friends? I know, I was always wondering that, too. Like, at what age do they tell you, like, dude, you're going to be the fucking yeah. king? Because how can you king not get an attitude of that? Right? I feel like I would be a brat if I, I was a royal. <laughs> but apparently they keep them, they try to keep them really grounded. Like they don't allow them to have electronics. I was reading about it this morning. They only allow wooden toys and they're oh, all about like boring, keeping them away from, I don't know. I feel like you can keep someone grounded without and letting him have iPad time. So like, come on. <laughs> they, don't they don't want don't, it. They don't want. They're too good for that. Here, they're not good for their image. Well, I'm not too good for that. So the media will judge them. That's literally what it's like for them. I know that's terrible. And they're yeah. probably afraid that they're going to just like want to abandon ship and be like, you know, screw this. I want to go. I want to go be a gamer, dude. <laughs> I want to go stream I Fortnite. I want to be a prince. Yeah. I want to be a streamer. I'm designing the next GTA. I'm gonna make a Twitch. <laughs> Screw the crown, like. Okay, so what then, does it mean? It doesn't really mean that much anymore. Obviously, it's wealth and status, but it's yeah. like, what are you actually king over? Well, I think that's kind True. of the where Harry and Prince William differ. Is Harry's definitely on the side of like, what the fuck even really is this? I don't care. And William's a lot more in it as far as. This is all just my judgment here and my opinions. I really don't know. But it seems like Prince William has really like taken to this whole life a lot more. And Harry has like struggled with it. He's a lot more like his mom, Diana, that he he sees a lot of flaws in it. Uh, clearly, he yeah. literally left the royal family. Right. And if you didn't see that interview, I mean, I highly recommend watching it. It is juicy. Um, so if to uh, finish up the family tree, Harry married Meghan who, as Markle, we know, yeah. Meghan Markle, she's an American, she was an actress, and she basically explained in her interview, she went over there having no fucking idea what this family was like, and it has been like the biggest shock of her life, and just hearing what she has been through, and how how intense her experience is. You can't help but draw parallels to Diana and her experiences and what she went through, and you know, after we had the, after we had watched the interview, Josh and I were talking about it and you brought up, you know, it's very clear that it seems like Harry's concerned something could happen. He literally said to that I started seeing basically what happened to my mom happen mm-hmm. to Megan yep. without saying exactly those the words. The media goes after them. There's no protection from the right. and establishment. Yeah. What are they called? I don't know. The, ins- the, the institution. institution. The right. Firm, yeah. Yeah. Which are. Which is basically like the business side of the royal family who controls all of the assets and things like that. And that was such an interesting point that Megan made was like, people have to understand that this royal family is separate between there's the family. Yeah. And then there's the firm. Yep. And the business and what people see on TV and in public and 
during outings and events and whatever. But then there's like this family mm-hmm. that is all that has it's has so much pressure on them. It's mm-hmm. very, it's it's really like unlike anything else. Really, it really like you were is. saying it's it's hard to com- find something to really compare it to. And that's honestly, like I said earlier, the one thing from the interview that was really cleared up for me was the fact that they are these two separate entities Mm -hmm. because, you know, I've been so interested in this. Like I even said in the last episode, one of the conspiracies that I believe in the most that you cannot convince me isn't true is that Princess Diana was murdered. Mm -hmm. But my my only thing has always been like, but it's like, did the queen really murder her? Like, and, and I don't like, I don't, I don't know. That's always been like, where you go to your mind is like, okay, so the, the Royal family themselves plotted together and right. like executed this plan, but maybe that's not it. Maybe it's a whole different entity that we don't even know about that because runs things behind the scenes. Cause I that's kind of how Harry made it sound. Is yes. They're all kind of trapped. That's exactly. Yeah, what exactly. It is. And I feel like there's people who are secretively, secretively way higher up than the queen as in, in the sense of like, mm-hmm. they can kind of manipulate here. Like you need to do this. And you, like, yeah. at the end of the day, I do feel like she's a public figure. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's like sitting in and making all these like really intense, you know, decision. I think if there's people who guide her and who she's hired to kind of push the family in the direction of whatever agenda is ultimately there. I don't know, but you know what I mean? Totally. And you're saying similar to how our president. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. 100%. There's kind of a figurehead, but they really don't have as much power. I call them a puppet before and people are like, damn. (laughs) But like at the end of the day, I kind of feel like it's a little bit of like, it's kind of like pretty puppety to be the president. A little bit. (laughs) Cause I mean, from at least how it works here, there are people Mm -hmm. way more powerful than the press. I mean, they're, Oh, yeah. it's insane. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's why I don't believe that necessarily like she was the one that made the decision to kill Princess Diana. And and yeah, that's kind of what I thought when I first broke into this whole world. I mean, I didn't really understand who else would have done it. And that was the one thing I couldn't really wrap my head around. But now understanding how big this all is in the agenda that's at play, mm-hmm. it makes all of this make a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. some of the stuff we're going to go through today makes all of it kind of click together. Well, and so much of it comes back to money. I mean, Mm -hmm. what pretty much every, every thing, powerful (laughs) entity on the planet is controlling mass amounts of wealth. Yeah. I mean, from what we know, the Royal family alone is worth like $88 billion. Mm -hmm. Some even estimate. So, and that's the thing is that's what, that's like what we know, but there's other estimates out there that they could be the entire, business could be a trillion dollars so the amount of money and wealth and influence that this entity has is far far greater than i think anybody even realizes because i mean there's clearly they're clearly a part of you know all these commonwealth countries that they have involved i mean they they have their arms tentacles Mm -hmm. kind of still reaching around the planet money everywhere they own so much land the queen herself owns like fuck tons of land yeah, so like that's how they break it down. So there's mm-hmm. something called the crown estate, mm-hmm. and this is like a, a lot of wealth is generated from this. Mm-hmm. This is real estate. They ha- they own tons of castles and and different, yeah. you know, buildings that generate tons and millions of dollars for them. There's mm-hmm. actually uh, a group of real estate that is specifically basically pays the queen her her salary every year, which is like wow. thirteen million dollars that she gets. Just and it's it's assigned to the queen. Like that money's allocated to whoever is queen um, gets that money. Damn. What would so you they're do? all very, very rich, very rich. So much money. What would I do with what it? Would you, like literally, how could you even spend that? It's just the first so thing that money. comes to mind is make my own ball pit room. <laughs> 
the first thing I would do. Dude, foam pit? Yeah. But with like rave lights and shit. That'd be, That'd be so like a just a fun room. Like an acre. Yeah. Of balls. That kind of money that <laughs> acre of balls is exactly what I want. <laughs> but yeah, that's and then they make oh my god, not to mention that they have these offshore bank accounts so that they can get out of paying taxes and stuff. The queen has it's been yeah, that I mean, came out. They use this Commonwealth to their advantage. If you oh, don't think they do, yeah, they have 100%. all these islands and different little, yeah. little you know, agreements with all these places because they pump money into mm-hmm. them. They move money there. They they fund a lot of the the tourism on these islands and different places. I mean, there's over 50 different places across the globe that they can go and move to mm-hmm. and live there because yeah. they're just a part of the you know the royal british family so yeah yeah they have all this freedom and yeah and you know money is obviously a huge part of it but i think the other big part of it and why the control and why they take all this so seriously at the end of the day is the influence which you know some people can argue that influence is almost more important and more powerful than money itself being able to control people being able to put out a certain image or you know a certain narrative about something or influence trends. or change the status quo change the status I, I think, quo. Yeah. i think that's like sometimes the most dangerous thing that people can do is that they come into this extremely powerful entity and they start to change the way that they've been doing things for hundreds and hundreds oh, yeah, they of don't years like that. and these people that have been there that have you know they want their traditions <laughs> Well, yeah, that, but if you look at it <laughs> from a more like, you know, conspiratorial point yeah. of view, like there could be other reasons why they no, wouldn't want somebody to come definitely. in and, and expose mm-hmm. because, you know, once you get in there, they want to make sure they can control you and they can control your image, your narrative and what you're putting out to society because there's always the chance just like with Megan and Harry mm-hmm. that things are said and some of that leaks out and even that oprah interview i mean mm-hmm. i think that's already you know that pro- i'm sure the oh, queen and yeah. and maybe not just the queen but the the firm was not happy no about that interview because definitely not it makes them look really bad i'm sure it inflamed a lot of things it probably set a chain reaction for things for years to come it's it's very similar to that that big interview that princess diana did she went behind everyone's back and did this very ex- exposing interview that, I mean, it was historical. And yeah, it caused all types of problems for years to come. Like people still refer to that interview right. today. We're probably going to refer to some of it today. Right. They don't want, so, they don't want things to change. They want to no, keep it the same way. Of course way not. Clearly. Because I, I think they're truly worried about the monarchy collapsing and mm-hmm. it's ceasing to exist or people ceasing to care about it yeah and it's headed that way so that's like really who does care like fuck. i think a, a lot of people do a lot of people a from lot of out pe- of yeah out mm-hmm. of this country mm-hmm. i guess it's not it's not my royal family i can't really say <laughs> no one cares but the queen has a 75 percent approval rating in the but uk for what i just yeah so i would say and those that live in the uk correct me if i'm wrong but i would say the majority especially people probably over 30 40 years old i mean some of the younger millennials gen z maybe their mindset's changing about you know how much they care about the royal family but i would say the majority of people favorably i look at them favorably it's like it's hard to equate that to something here in the u.s because we don't really have anything that's like both kind of affiliated with government but not really you know that's the same type of i feel like it's almost yeah i'm trying like what if it was like the 
It's the closest thing the I can think of. It's like the Kardashians because they're like, it's kind of like an empire family here. They're very influential. They're probably the closest thing that are. But imagine them being. That we have to that. Yeah. Then also in like politics and, you know, world issues. Mm-hmm. But imagine if they did. So that that's a great point. And someone argued that the Kardashians actually are more influential and powerful than the royal family really? here <laughs> in the U.S. Because, I mean, look at just. At what, least, oh, here in the U.S., definitely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. look how influential Kim Kardashian's just been on her own and being yeah. able to go and meet with our president and get people mm-hmm. clemency and things like that. Like she clearly I mean, the day that Kim Kardashian runs for president is going to be like <laughs> game over, Gosh. you know, because it's like. They you probably, think she's going to run for president? Very pop- I could see her definitely She's becoming her a life. lawyer and it going... It does kind of seem like she's lining it up. She oh very boy. well could be. 10, oh 15 years from now? Oh, boy. Don't stress me out. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But, I, I mean, what does it matter at the end of the day if she's president or not? It's like, it's the fact that she does her family alone with the amount of follower, followers and influence they have, it far su- surpasses what the royal family yeah. has on a oh, global yeah. scale. Oh, de- hmm. definitely. They could go to any country definitely. in the entire world and command. Oh yeah. An That's true. If you yeah. were to like interview random people all over the world and show them pictures of five Royals and five Kardashians, they would probably be able to name most of the Kardashians yeah. and probably one or two of the yep. Royals. Right. That's true. So it's true. And they're, well, I mean, they're a gigantic business. I mean, it's mm-hmm. very much the same. The only thing missing is all the fancy titles and obviously mm-hmm. the, the centuries long history behind mm-hmm. it and it's you know they're not a monarchy imagine right. if it was like princess kim, kim. kardashian or queen God, chris <laughs> queen chris lord but yeah now so then there's um baby archie too so and he's not they didn't even give him a title that was the main reason they ended up leaving so let's, the let's, since we kind of are alluding to this interview let's mm-hmm. jump into the interview yeah let's talk some more about the interview i know a lot of you were uh asking us to uh, because you've seen it that you wanted to hear our thoughts on mm-hmm. the interview because the interview is very it, it reveals a lot it does uh, i think that's a good place to start but before we get into this interview we want to thank our first sponsors for today Okay, so as many of you know, Harry and Meghan, who I like to sometimes call Mary, got married in 2018. And this was a big deal because they are the first biracial couple in the royal family. And this caused quite a stir. It's really dramatic. And not only that, she also was divorced. And that didn't really fit the mode of, mold of a typical royal family member. Right, right. So there was a lot of concern, but... Harry and Meghan have a very real relationship. You can tell they're deeply in love and have similar values. And, you know, it wasn't just like something where she wanted to join the royal family. And yeah, she just was truly in love. And she seemed to know absolutely nothing about what that life would look like or what, you know. No, she didn't even know that she had to like curtsy for the queen. She's like, curtsy, what's that? Yeah, she was all confused. She had no clue. Or Which like I think was etiquette. a misconception and a judgment a lot of people made on her is that like, oh, she just wants to like come over and get in on the royal family. She's this American. I mean, there's so much gossip. The tabloids over there are really like unbelievable. And just the gossip in general. Yeah. Um, but they have one son named Archie who was born in 2019 and they have a daughter on the way, which they announced in the interview. Um, but Recently, they made history because they stepped down as senior members of the royal family and they agreed to do this candid interview with Oprah. And in the beginning of the interview, they said, "Okay, we're not paying you for this. Nothing's off limits. 
and they didn't know the questions ahead of time. And, you know, it was just going to be a real tea spill sesh. And it was. So Megan talked about in the interview how she started experiencing sexist and racist stories being published in the media as soon as they started dating. And two months into their relationship, Harry released a rare and unconventional unconventional public statement condemning these stories because right. it was really affecting him and no one was standing up from no. the monarchy or from the institution from to, the family the yeah. their own family wasn't really doing anything because that's mm-hmm. like the whole th- what they explained is that the royal family and the institution have direct ties with all the tabloids and, and media there mm-hmm. and part of like their the job of this whole you know company that's behind you is that they're going to go to bat for you they're going to shut these rumors mm-hmm. down they're going to try to protect you from the tabloids posting all this seriously offensive racist articles that they were about Harry and Meghan. And, and that wasn't happening. So biased and mainly about Meghan, like really trying to paint her out as the villain in the situation. And Kate Middleton was normally the, the good, the good Royal. And she was the sister, the sister-in-law that, you know, was struggling to fit in and couldn't, and was constantly fighting and there's all these fake narratives always being put out about her. And um, it became like an obsession. Like there's a lot of people out there who really hate Megan and the, the media just went after her. It was very similar to kind of like a Britney Spears situation, just the way that they attacked her, lied about her and then stalked her. Yeah. Reporters even tried to break into her home, bribed an ex for information, harassed her mom, I don't know if you, a lot of you probably remember right before they got married, there was all this drama about her dad and if he was going to come. There, mm-hmm. People are harassing, like even paparazzi here in America were harassing her family members back here. Like it's just such an intense world to be thrown into, you know? Yeah. Um, which she, she'd obviously grown up in California. She said she'd been around celebrities and actresses and stuff like that. She's worked in this business, but just this is a whole nother level. Right. Right. And that's why Harry was like, you know, he started seeing a similar scenario play out that played out with her mom mm-hmm. or his mom. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And because that's definitely what they did with. Yeah, Diana. exactly. I mean, a the lot of people, went after I believe her. Harry personally believes that it was the paparazzi's fault mm-hmm. for Princess Diana's crash. And he ultimately blames them. Yep, for her theory. death. It could be. Pretty sure he's come out and said that that's what he believes about his mother's death publicly. Well, Obviously, we don't know what privately or personally he thinks for sure. But mm-hmm. yeah, there's only so much he really can say. But I think that was part of it as well. So with no protection. Driver that night. Yeah. Right. Right. So with no protection, clearly from his own family and the institution, it started making Harry very nervous about their safety and especially Megan's safety. So Megan was working as technically working as Royal um, for just a year and a half before she couldn't take it anymore. And she really opened up in the interview about how dark things got to her. She got to the point where she wanted to take her own life. She was afraid that she couldn't be home without Harry or she might harm herself because she, she got to the point where she didn't want to be. She said specifically, I didn't want to be alive anymore. Well, yeah. Cause like coming from her, old life to this i mean like she said in the interview she mm-hmm. they take your keys they take they take your freedom away mm-hmm. really and they control your every move you can't just go do what you want to do no. it's very you know they're very very cautious about every little thing what you dress what you hold what 
things you're associated with, what you go to, how what you drink, like the just the amount of control over these people is crazy to make you get to that breaking point in just a year and a half. And it's very similar to Diana. You know, she had experienced a lot of issues with her mental health. She had, there was this one famous episode you could say where um, Diana, she got very upset with Prince Charles for not listening to her, for feeling like he wasn't being there for her. And she actually threw herself down a flight of stairs while she was pregnant. And it, it reminded me so much of Megan when she was talking about this, because I'm sure they're, they're it's probably for the same reason. Right. Feeling trapped, feeling like there's literally nothing else that they can do. It's the only way that they can like get that, get someone to understand how much they're suffering. Right. Right. And it seems like, you know, Harry's talked about struggling with mental illness. I'm sure a lot of the others in the family have struggled with. Oh yeah. Or um, are all mentally ill. Yeah. And just like, just the stress that they just, I mean, it's not normal. What they're, what they're living like is not normal. And it seems to take this like extremely strong effect on all of them. So basically Megan and Harry, I think made the decision that like, it's going to be a life or death situation for us. Possibly like Megan can, could not deal with that anymore. And then their son, um, things really changed once Archie came along, like Mm -hmm. for the worse, like things really got dark after that because of the conversations that were had with Harry about Archie's skin color being too dark. Yep. That's what they told us. And, or, you know, as far as what we know from the interview that, that those conversations happened with Harry and someone whether that's someone in the family or someone in the institution has not been made clear, like who exactly. Yeah. She wouldn't say who it was that, that said that she said it would be too damaging for them to know. And then um, also there was questioning of whether he would get the Prince status or Royal status and get protections. And they said, no. So that was their cue to leave, you know, and it was, it was a bunch of other stuff. I mean, sure. There's even more. They're well, not even not talking only that, about, they, but not only that. So Harry, who's born into this, mm-hmm. he had all of his, the things that he's entitled to as, you know, part of the family completely ripped from him mm-hmm. as well. Yep. They cut him off financially in the first quarter of 2020. They completely cut him off because they, they all make money based on, this large firm that you know generates all of this this money every year and he was completely cut off from all of that how he, fucked up he was also talking about in the interview how it was like he was like thank god for my mom of what she left yeah. me when she passed because otherwise like we wouldn't be able mm-hmm. to live the life we're living basically which and i thought he, was so interesting like, yeah because their security costs so much yeah. Yeah. like everything that the royals do which i'm sure there's have gone way down but the queen travels with like 34 people. The, um, yeah, the, uh, Middleton's Kate and whatever. Yeah. William, they, William. they have 12 different members that travel everywhere with them, do everything. They have yeah, a whole team yeah. and then security on top of that. Right. So like, imagine being, you have to have protection. Obviously Harry wants protection for Megan, especially like who knows what could happen. And now they're living in America. So, they're like starting all these, I think they're starting a podcast or. or yeah. So or they like, signed a hundred million dollar contract with Netflix and a podcasting deal with Spotify and Harry and Oprah are working together on a mental health series for wow. Apple plus. So they're, I mean, they're, they're doing yeah. all right. I mean, that's yeah, the nice thing fine. is that they're, they have no matter what they'll have that 
status, you know, that they were yeah. part of the, and now it's like this whole scandal and story because like, I don't want to glaze over the fact that it seems that somewhere within the institution or the family, there is racism, clear, oh, clear racism definitely. happening where they do not want a mixed child to be mm -hmm. a prince or be a part of the royal bloodline like mm -hmm. it's going off of of where That's clearly the fan you know yeah whoever is running the show truly wants to go mm -hmm. with with the royal family like that mm -hmm. that's a huge change and to cut them out financially over things like that i mean that just says so much especially when they're just got gobs and gobs of money like to just not even give them basic protection to a family member it's just, oh my God. I mean, but it's no secret that they have had these issues for a while, right? This is only like confirming what people have thought for a long time, that they have racist tendencies and this type of control going on and they want their pure bloodline and blah, blah, blah. So it makes complete sense. I mean, I totally, after hearing all that, I was like, honestly, I'd do the same thing. Yeah. I, I would, if I was Harry, I would have, I would have left all that behind. Yeah. No problem. I mean, financially, you're going to be fine. Not only did you get $10 million from your mother, but you're, you are still in the eyes of the world, Prince Harry, even mm -hmm. though you officially can't carry that title with you, you know, and now you've got all of this tea and stuff about what's really going on in the royal family and the, the firm. So mm -hmm. like, if anything, it's opening so many doors for him yeah. that he wouldn't otherwise be able to go through. Yeah. For both of them. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. What I respect His most kids. is that, and what shows you that this is, you know, true love and this is, he's a, Harry's a real one. You know, he's a real, he real is, G dude. because oh, yeah. he absolutely <laughs> loves Megan. He absolutely loves his family and mm -hmm. he's willing to do whatever it takes to keep them safe. Even if that means forfeiting the entire, you know, I don't think he really cares about. No, the know, status all, and the money. I'm, no. I'm sure he would trade it all. The only reason he seems to be concerned is the security. Right. Like right. he wants to keep his family safe. Would you not look at what happened to his mother? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, and I think he's just, he's, he's a good dude because he's cut of the same cloth as Diana. And it's interesting. He like really takes yeah. on after her. He really he's does. got that fire in her. Yeah. That like spirit. Fiery red hair, man. Where'd you get that from? <laughs> oh, we'll get into that in yeah. a bit. Yeah. Cause it's not Diana and it's probably not daddy either. So where'd that yeah. come from? Well, it's interesting too that they, <laughs> he they went so they left the uk went to canada which is a commonwealth country mm -hmm. but it's interesting that they eventually settled in the united states yeah out of all places of course they come to the u.s and that's where they're i mean i guess well, megan's, megan's from family the US. Is here, yeah, yeah. It makes, i guess it makes sense totally but i don't know i wonder where they're living i think it's all uh santa barbara area oh okay yeah mm. somewhere nice. in santa barbara sounds beautiful beautiful la so here's some more evidence that there's clearly some racism going on in, in the royal family um, because they actually have a history of making racist comments and definitely not taking the backlash they receive seriously. So while in Australia, Prince Philip asked a group of aboriginals if they still throw spears at each other. Wow. That's so bad. Mm. Oh my God. That is ignorance at its Ooh. best. Mm -hmm. Dude, no. <laughs> and in China, he told a group of British students that if they stayed much longer, They'd be slitty eyed. What? What the fuck? Yes. You've got to be fucking kidding yeah. me. And and these comments were just played off as like gaffs. Or okay. Slitty eyed. Like mm. gaffs. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so offensive. Prince Philip, mind you. So in 2004, Princess 
Michael, the queen's first cousin, told a group of black people in a restaurant to go back to the colonies. Shut up. Yes. Fuck these people. And her apology made it worse. To prove how much she loved, quote unquote, these people, she said years ago she dyed her hair black and pretended to be African. What the fuck, dude? No. Yeah, this is all this is all all legit. This was 2004, you fucking fool. What? I can't believe you would say that. Dude. And when Harry was 20. Oh, no. He showed up to a costume party dressed as a Nazi. Oh, Harry. There's a picture. Dude, I just spoke so highly of him. Clearly, I I don't know the T. Oh, look at him. 20 years old. Harry, what the fuck? Wow. Honestly, that's super disappointing to see. That's not something you just like accidentally do or get confused and throw on this costume. Like, uh, bro, come on, bro. Yeah, for real. You know what that means. Yeah. He so, was 20. Mm, yeah. Two. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't all, know, those, Harry, all those things I are... might have to take back what I just said about you. Oh, that no. was not good. So whether or not like just kidding. the racism is coming from like the queen, the, there's no evidence of that. But it's clear that within the family, distant or not, or within the institution, there's clearly people that feel a certain type of way about people of color well okay and here's the thing and one of the other most interesting things that i think came out of the interview was megan talking so highly of the queen and saying she never experienced any right definitely not any racism from her but also no judgment that she was extremely kind to her she like shared a little blanket with her they had a moment that she was just kind of seemed like a sweet grandma to her so right she had nothing but good things to say about it but at the same time i was thinking like hmm if you were Meghan Markle, would you go out and say some mean things about the queen? That's true. Like, like she already really... knows she's in hot water with the royal family right now after this interview. Like, how hard is she going to go on? And the let's queen? remember that she was. I've never seen somebody like skirt around questions as well. She like she yeah. oh, she trained. seemed like well trained in answering tough questions. I was like, <laughs> oh, wow, because yeah. she yeah. would give like vague, but also sort of like she'd be like, if they're like political, if that's what you want to think. Yeah. I think that's a safe, safe to assume, assume that, that. Yeah. like things like I was like, wow, yep. you are smart. Megan yep. Markle. She had some good. She <laughs> like, is wow. very, yeah, smart. She's very smart. I really like Megan. I was really Stunning impressed too. Oh my God. Like, right. Oh, that interview the whole time I was just staring at her like so beautiful. You are so fucking barely had me makeup on. Yeah, still I know. Just stunning. Gorgeous. Oprah's hair looked great too. No. <laughs> Yeah, let's, let's Oprah. judge Oprah. Actually, yeah, what? Oprah's hair did look great. Oprah's hair looked phenomenal. I was thinking about that. Her hair looked so hydrated. Mm, I know. It was like perfect. Ooh, mm-hmm. It really was. Got a lot of nice shine and bounce. Beautiful. And I'm glad it was her that interviewed them and not like some some of these people on TV that interview people and just want to like. Yeah, oh, I know. Cancel. Cause like, <laughs> Definitely glad it wasn't Diane Sawyer. <laughs> and Diane Cause like God, sometimes they just like are just straight up rude or mean. Or oh like, yeah, some really bad ones. And like, well, I don't think Megan would have done it with someone she didn't trust. No. They clearly had like talked before from mm. a friend. You could tell she there was, was like a wedding. friendship level there. Yeah. Okay, so let's go into some of the conspiracies and scandals surrounding the royal family. Some of the theories that people have. So obviously, the biggest one is surrounding Princess Diana, which we do have an episode on that. We don't want to go fully into it today or we will be here all day. But let's just go over it for some of you who haven't heard of it yet. So there is some pretty compelling evidence that someone 
had Princess Diana killed. Who exactly that is is still definitely the big question here. So it's no secret that Princess Diana was very disruptive to the way that the royal family normally did things. She came in with her own ideas. She did not want to follow certain traditions and doesn't like to really be told what to do. She's a person that seems to really value freedom and choice. And she doesn't like, she's a very, um, she's more of a feminist than most people in the Royal family and felt that there was a lot of gender bias going on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of just basically bullshit rules she was having to deal with and that she wasn't getting enough attention from her husband or he wasn't really truly listening to how she felt a lot of the time, but she, you know, was she down to just the way that she wanted to do her wedding and all every little tradition they would have, she would kind of go against it. And even in the, the public way beyond before she died, people were talking about, is she kind of this outlier? Do they not like her? And then they started having marital problems, Princess Diana and Charles. Charles. Yep. So they both, I guess, had affairs. This is where I don't really like understand it all. And like someone is can definitely clarify, but I believe he cheated first and then she eventually cheated as well. Yeah. But their relationship was over long before it was actually over. And it seemed like everyone kind of knew that. Or was it even over from there? Like, I, I or have was a it question, even a, like, right. was it a genuine relationship from the very beginning? Or, you know, was there all, on both sides, I mean, was mm-hmm. there other motives for for them to, to get together? Yeah, because he didn't, she, he didn't really seem like the type of guy she would want to be with. Right. Like, she's this really strong woman who doesn't play by the rules. And he's very, like, in with the system and more traditional um, there's this great clip we'll play right here with her interview, just talking more about getting into trouble because of being a strong woman. But you really believe that it was out of jealousy that they wanted to undermine you? I think it was out of fear because here was a strong woman doing her bit. And where was she getting her strength from to continue? So eventually they decide to split. And this was a really big deal because people in the royal family don't just split up like that it doesn't they don't like it doesn't look good the divorce they don't want that um but 10 months before she actually separated from charles she had written a letter to her butler and explained that she was afraid of his afraid of for her life her butler's name is paul burrell he's done so many interviews there's a whole documentary just on youtube about what was really going on in her life and there's there's so much that we won't have time to get into it um all today but there was there was a lot going on and one thing that she had brought up is that she was afraid someone was going to plan a accidental an accidental brake failure in her car to cause a serious head injury so she was already concerned that they may take her out so that's one of the biggest pieces of evidence for this is that she was afraid for her life yeah and she was like confiding with her lawyer all the time saying i mean was basically paranoid that there was someone within the royal family that was trying to get her out and out like permanently mm-hmm. uh, so much so that she would even check to see if it like her vehicles had been bugged mm-hmm. or she'd been bugged and just to make sure no one was tampering with her vehicles. Yes. And one thing that she was also concerned about um, was hit was well, we don't know this for sure. Actually, this is complete speculation. A lot of people think that what she was worried about was the fact that maybe Harry was not actually 
part of the royal bloodline, that he was not actually his father's son. We'll get into this, explain what why exactly they think that, but that was part of it as well as was she was afraid for his protection or did they maybe they want to make sure that that secret died with her. Right. Right. There's information that they never wanted to get out that mm-hmm. he has a different father mm-hmm. than from Prince Charles. That's kind of the theory too. So Which makes yeah, sense. I which, mean it all comes back to they don't want their image to fall apart. Right. Because I mean if this if you know this ever got out that somebody was trying to murder Princess Diana within the family, I mean that would be game over for the whole whole thing. Oh, Imagine if they mm-hmm. like went and arrested somebody of the royal family and and ultimately charged them with conspiracy to commit murder. Mm-hmm. Like they would change it would change everything. It would change yeah. how the entire world views the family. Oh, it's so true. It and would it, prove it's like their that biggest fear. Literally all they care about is their their image and reputation. Yep. Yep. A part of me thinks that they're like literally above the law though. Like I feel like they have so much protection that like they would never allow that to happen. Even mm-hmm. if it is true. And even if they like were able to somehow weirdly prove it 50 years from now, who knows? hundred, like, I feel like it would probably never, it'd be like, it'd be a conspiracy still at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. No, it's, it's so true. And to just veer off for a second before we talk more about Diana and let's explain this Harry's real father theory. So some people think that Harry's real father might be the actor James Hewitt and not Charles And the theory mainly stems from the fact that they look, I mean, William and Harry look nothing alike. They look like they came from two different dads for sure. Um, The biggest thing is Harry has this really striking red hair and William definitely does not. Charles does not either. So there was reports that Diana had this affair with this actor James Hewitt and that they didn't mean to fall in love, but they were thrown together in when they were acting and it just happened and they had this relationship. They actually did confirm that their relationship went beyond friendships and he has done interviews too, but they deny that he is the father of Harry. And also they were together two years after Harry was born, according to them. So they've denied this over and over again. The Royal family continually denies this. I guess this, this rumor according to the family used to like, upset diana quite a bit um but a lot of people still believe it to this day just because i mean if you look at the pictures it's pretty like wow it's interesting um but i mean people can sometimes just look different yeah, than their dad I, I just and, i was just looking that up because i was like what's the actual like science behind it mm-hmm. so in order to be a redhead a baby needs two copies of the red hair gene uh, because it's the recessive gene and this means that if neither parent is ginger, they both need to carry the gene and pass it on. And even then, they'll have just a 25% chance of the child turning out to be a redhead. So that would mean that either either Prince Charles or Princess Diana carried the redhead gene in order for it to even be possible. It's impossible if neither of them had the gene. Well, they might because they probably have RH negative blood too, at least Charles from being the royal family. Right. So and, the, and that's the thing we don't know, but we don't know hair. whether or not they carry that gene or not. Mm. Uh, but if you know, there is a possibility of it. Just you know, a small chance for it to be a redhead if one of them was carrying the gene and they weren't didn't have red hair. Mm-hmm. So it's it's genetic, but it seems like it is possible for Prince Charles and Princess Diana to have a 
redhead child. Yeah, yeah. definitely is possible. But people, I mean, still the theory is interesting and yeah, some people is. are like, well, maybe they started dating even sooner than that. Like, how do we confirm that their relationship actually started later? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, people think that with him leaving now that this proves it even more that they were willing to let him leave the Royal family. That's maybe it's cause he's not even part of the bloodline fully. They're anyway. like, oh, okay, good. Here's our chance to get yeah, him out. That's what I've heard people talking about. It's possible. So, it's I mean, possible. I have no idea. I have no idea. Yeah. But yeah, I want to know people's <laughs> thoughts on that one. Would it sure. surprise you? No, it, it wouldn't surprise me. And I'm sure that would have been something that they would want to silence Diana for too. But I don't know. The fact that she also was upset by the those theories like kind of makes me think maybe not. But yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a tough one. So like we were saying, Diana was very concerned for her life. We're not exactly sure why, but it seems pretty obvious that she was just, you know, didn't maybe they wanted to take her out because she knew certain things, maybe because she was leaving the royal family, the divorce, or maybe it was. It's, it seemed like she was very afraid something could happen to her. Um, she had also confided in her lawyer that she was paranoid that someone was out to get her and she was constantly checking to see if she had been bugged and making sure that no one had tampered with her cars. Um, and then after they divorced in 1996, four years after separating, she started dating someone new, Dodi Al-Fayed, who was a film producer and son of an Egyptian billionaire super super rich like he took her to places that she had never even been like the special island that even the royal family like yeah hadn't been to some yeah. exclusive thing tons and tons of money um and then after that started that was a big tabloid thing people taking pictures of them all the time there was i mean people were just eating it up like oh she's with this new man now and rumors spread that diana was pregnant and that philip was angry that his grandsons could have an egyptian stepfather those are just the rumors. Mm. And then August 30th, 1997, Diana and Dodi were at the Ritz Hotel in Paris and they had swarms of paparazzi that had been following them since they arrived in the city. So basically they ended up leaving their group left and their car was followed by paparazzi. And less than five minutes later, their driver, Henri Paul, drove into the Alma Tunnel and he lost control and crashed into lost the 13th control. pillar. That's the story, right? Lost control of the car. Mm-hmm. Mm. And her bodyguard, Trevor, was the only survivor. He broke every bone in his face. It was so smashed that the surgeon said later that it was flat. Mm. He had severe chest and brain trauma. He was in a coma for 10 days. They said Diana was alive for a while, like when it first happened, and then she pretty much died on scene. But... As we have talked about before in our previous episode, there's plenty of reasons to think this is suspicious. We'll just go over a few of them today since we don't have a lot of time to get into this. Um, but the first of all, the limo was in terrible condition. It was missing the onboard computer chip that controls acceleration, okay. braking, steering, and navigation. What? <laughs> and why would it just be missing that? Why? In Princess Diana's fucking car, yeah. dude. Uh-uh. No way. More like somebody pulled the chip from that or mm-hmm. disabled it or something. Yep. Also, Diana's embalming was incredibly rushed. In France, paperwork has to be filed before the process was started, but that didn't even happen. And then after embalming a body, no test can be done on it. And there were rumors that Diana was could have been pregnant if this was true. So that's the biggest theory when it comes to Diana's death is that she possibly could have been pregnant. Yeah. And what issues could this have caused for the right. royal family? And if that's not suspicious enough, there were 14 CCTV cameras in the tunnel where mm-hmm. they actually crashed. 
but none of them caught any of it. Some were even turned around, and authorities later claimed, oh, they weren't working. So typical. We see this all the time. However, another driver got a speeding ticket from the cameras (laughs) 15 minutes before the accident. So it's like somebody Mm -hmm. just shut it off or that footage was deleted. And it took forever for the ambulance to even get there and for them to get her to the hospital, almost as if they were driving yeah, like, yeah, they're incredibly like big, slow. Big scenic route yeah. to get there. There's so much. I'm excited to dive into it again on my channel because there's just, there's so much. This is interesting, but a prominent New Zealand forensic scientist read Henri's toxicology report. A driver. And he realized that the results didn't actually show he was drunk because that was like that, a whole yeah, thing that they... You know, that was that he was drunk. That was the story. Yeah, it was his fault. Yeah. And he actually tried to contact the coroner, but he uh, never received a response. And if that wasn't enough, an anonymous witness claimed the limo was booby trapped with nerve gas that was released remotely. And it was planted by Henri's ex-girlfriend and detonated when he entered the tunnel. So that's kind of just some of the theories. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's tons of other stuff. There's this is just grazing the surface on this. Yeah. But that kind of gives you, obviously, there is some sketchy shit involved with this, whether you believe it was, you know, the royal family or not, like Mm -hmm. just the computer chip in the limo is a big one. But in the fact that the crash was even captured, like we can't even go back and watch to see exactly what happened because, Mm -hmm. of course, the cameras just weren't working. And then then obviously how long it took her to get get her to the hospital is almost like they made sure she died before reaching the hospital or was past the the point of, of... being mm-hmm. resuscitated so mm-hmm. very very suspicious i would say mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's what I, I truly believe and there's when you we don't have time to talk about diana all day here but when you when you know more about her past and what she has said and kind of where she stands with everything it all really makes sense for why they wouldn't want her around yeah you do start draw a lot of similarities from Diana to mm-hmm. Megan. Oh, a sure. lot. Yeah. Yeah. That too. Mm-hmm. So we've got a couple other theories here, including the Epstein connection, which I, I think many of you will find very interesting if you haven't heard about it yet. But before we jump into that, we want to take our last ad break for today. So one of the more out there conspiracy theories surrounding the Royal family uh, is that basically the Royal family and many high powered officials just throughout the world. Some would even say, you know, our own leaders here in the U S are really this type of hybrid alien race, human hybrid alien race that's descended from a reptilian bloodline. And if you guys watched our episode on alien races, we did talk about this belief among conspiracy theorists, as well as just people that are interested in the whole UFO alien topic that, they believe there is some type of of race that is a reptilian of, of descent basically because if you go back you know all the way back to the very beginning in genesis in the bible a lot of people reference that you know there was a snake that was also satan you know that was in the garden of eden so therefore you know reptile was there at the very beginning so maybe oh, they're, they're still so there. genesis I don't know anything. The first book of the Bible. That's the first book? So in the very first book of the Bible, Adam and Eve are in the Garden of Eden, and they're tempted to sin by this snake that is ultimately the devil or Satan. And so there's this this very negative and evil connotation attached to reptilian beings or reptilian aliens 
um, and that these beings are also shapeshifters or also have this ability to shapeshift between uh, being a human and being an actual lizard pretty much and that this race of reptilians is in fact part you know the elite of the world Mm -hmm. the illuminati whatever you want to call it including the royal family are these lizard people and they might be they might I'm not be. knocking on it. No, they might be. And that they I don't all... I feel like I haven't seen enough evidence for this theory. I've right, never well, seen enough presented yeah. to me. Well, there's like, like of really... course if you were to go like Google it or YouTube it, people have found clips that are kind of interesting where, you know, mm-hmm. higher higher ups in the world that do really weird stuff where they kind of look for a second. I think there was for a while they're saying like Justin Bieber mm-hmm. looked like a reptilian. <laughs> yeah. He had a reptilian moment. <laughs> he had a little rep <laughs> moment. <laughs> but i i agree with you i i haven't seen enough of enough evidence to definitely say that this is a real thing mm-hmm. uh, i think it's very interesting i think the whole idea of human alien hybrid species is, is an interesting thing but mm-hmm. part of the belief is that these lizard people all have rh negative blood and when you look at the leaders of you know u.s presidents two members of the royal family they all have it I mean, it's incredibly fucking weird. I think there's something to that, that, yeah, pretty much every U.S. president has it. Goes back to King John, the original yeah. King John. And it all traces back to the royal family, too, which is mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. The U.S. Mm-hmm. presidents are related. I've like, got RH negative blood. I'm a reptile. A reptile. Wow. Reptile. <laughs> I was wondering why your tongue gets like three feet long. It's really long. Wow. I've got special abilities. And she'll flick know. it at me sometimes. Like, oh, Ooh, shit. Yeah, he likes it. Oh, Turns them on. That's cute. We love that. <laughs> I'm like, hey, baby. Wow, I learned something new every day on this job. <laughs> One explanation for why, you know, they're, you know, this RH negative trait is common among all of them is that they're all from the same bloodlines. Mm-hmm. And, you can actually, you know, remember that girl trace back all the U.S. presidents and the tree. We have yeah. a whole episode on that, too. But it is really interesting to find out that, like, pretty much all of our presidents are on that tree somehow related to each other and the royal yeah. family. We'll try to throw in a clip if we can find it. Well, first we start off with George Washington at the top. And then it goes to John Adams. Thomas Jefferson. 11-year-old Bridge Ann Dovigno says she's made a first-of-its-kind discovery that President Obama and all the presidents before him, with the exception of one, are related and descendants of a former king of England. No, they're all cousins and they're grandsons of John Lackland. But some conspiracy theorists out there believe that by drinking human blood, this helps the shapeshifter reptilians take on a more human form. That's like how they actually stay a human as opposed to revealing themselves as a reptile. So the next theory, (laughs) that's very interesting. (laughs) Need some more evidence for that. Pretty extraordinary claim. Is that Prince Charles is a vampire. You know what? I'm not going to deny this one, though. He's he actually, looks a little vampirish, which he, he, people ripped me last time for, for being mean to Prince Charles, but I really? I don't have any regrets. <laughs> I just really don't. I don't like him. I get bad vibes from the dude and kind of scares me. It's kind of scary looking. He's actually <laughs> a descendant of Vlad the Impaler. <laughs> Vlad the motherfucking Impaler. This guy, really? So that's the, that's the belief that he's a descendant of he's him? He's a descendant of Vlad the Impaler. So... Vlad the Impaler is like one crazy guy. He's basically the inspiration for Dracula written by Bram Stoker. Um, yeah. And 
he, oh my God, this guy was crazy. Literally was the impaler. He was known for impaling hundreds of people like in the front of his palace and just like letting them stay there for days on these sticks, like oh, slowly yeah. we dying. We did a video on that yep. or on your channel. Yep. I, I did a video on it. And then, yeah, that uh, I believe his, like he had this whole dinner where he had all these people come and then he trapped them inside and killed yeah. everyone at this famous bloody dinner, which I believe part of Game of Thrones is it's is got like based a off of that spin kinda. off of that with spin. the red wedding yeah but yeah he was he's a real interesting dude real evil fuck well the other evidence for this theory is that uh prince charles is very fascinated by transylvania which is obviously where Dra dracula's that's from. the evidence is he's interested <laughs> in well not only that but he <laughs> owns property and a home in transylvania so they own property so, fucking yeah. everywhere therefore he is a vampire Maybe he's the he reincarnated Vlad, Vlad the Impaler. <laughs> so obviously no evidence of blood drinking, but mm. from the same neighborhood <laughs> as Vlad the Impaler. Interesting. <laughs> Let's go through a few of the other older theories that are out there. Okay, so there's another sort of conspiracy theory out there that the royals murdered Uncle George. So the Queen's uncle, George the Duke of Kent, is one of the most scandalous royals in modern history. Stories about him were suppressed from the media, but the social circle of the royals knew all about him and his alleged bisexuality, which was a huge scandal at the time. He was also addicted to morphine and cocaine, and his favorite pastime was hooking up with thin, blonde men. He sounds like a cool dude. Sounds like a good time. <laughs> While he was arrested multiple times for homosexual acts and released <sighs> once crazy. the police found out he was a royal. He also enjoyed writing letters to these men and was blackmailed by one of them who threatened to re release a letter to the public. And he also died very mysteriously in a plane crash in 1942 when he was just 39 years old. And supposedly the pilot took the wrong flight path and just crashed into a mountain. Which a lot of people call bullshit on that. Mm -hmm. Many people think he was killed because he was going to continue to be an issue for the family. Right. And that's why they got rid of him. And apparently the queen sealed all records about her uncle and no uh, researchers have uh, ever been allowed to access them. Well, what does that tell you, friends? Just close that chapter and put it away in the archives. Okay, how about Princess Margaret's secret child? Ooh. So a man named Robert Brown claimed that Princess Margaret, the queen's sister, was his real mother. And he spent about 100,000 pounds trying to prove it. When she was in her early 20s, Margaret was in love with a Royal Air Force officer named Peter Townsend. And in 1952, her father died and Elizabeth became queen. Peter decided to divorce his wife and proposed to Margaret the following year. Margaret wanted to marry him, but the royal family, government officials, and the Church of England all agreed that the queen's sister couldn't marry a divorced man. They do not like this. Like This has always been historically mm -hmm. a, a big no-no for the royal family. Mm -hmm. But years later, she married someone else instead. And Robert Brown claimed that Margaret kept seeing Peter. And in January 1955, she gave birth to their love child, which is him. And she was able to hide the pregnancy using secret body doubles. And after Robert was born, she sent him to Kenya, where he was adopted by a wealthy couple. Um, and he actually went on to win a lawsuit in 2013 in order to see Margaret's will, hoping he'd find his name and proof of the adoption. But unfortunately, there was nothing in there about him. So it's basically mm. officially proven proven false, but he claims it's true. 
There's also a theory out there that Queen Elizabeth I was a man. In the 16th century, there was a huge outbreak of the plague in London. And so the king sent his favorite daughter, Elizabeth, with two caretakers to stay in a remote village in order to protect her. But Elizabeth caught the plague anyway and died shortly after they arrived. After this happened, the caretakers panicked and they were convinced that the king would have them killed for not protecting her. So this theory claims that they decided to find a lookalike. And the best they found was a farm boy named Neville. And he had been friends with Elizabeth and agreed to take her place. And apparently the king never noticed that Neville became Elizabeth and went on to rule England. And Queen Elizabeth <laughs> I never married and often said she had a heart of a man and the stomach of a king. And in the early 1800s, a coffin was discovered in the same remote village. And inside was a skeleton of a young girl wearing fancy clothes and jewels. And the locals believe that this is actually the real Elizabeth the first. Isn't that interesting? That's really wild. It could though. be. It, it really could be. Hmm. I want to know what you guys think about that one. I mean, the only evidence is basically that yeah. she said that she had the heart of a man and the stomach of a king. Yeah, which but who knows like, what she could have meant by that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not mm. super abnormal, I guess. But yeah, definitely in the theory seems like territory. A, like an urban legend for like, yeah. you know, that's famous in like a, a village somewhere. But one of the most interesting things to me and I, I think holds a ton of truth is Prince Andrew's connection to Jeffrey Epstein. Mm -hmm. This is very concerning for obvious reasons. If you know anything about Jeffrey Epstein, who, who was a known pedophile and sex trafficker. Uh, so just to give you a little recap, Jeffrey Epstein ran his underage sex ring with the help of his former girlfriend and British socialite, Galen Maxwell. Galen Galeen is a Galeen. I, I don't know. I always say Glenn. I like some Galeen, sometimes you say Gislaine. <laughs> who gives a fuck? Maxwell. Yeah, seriously, fucker. Who worked with Jeffrey Epstein to recruit girls and bring them in as young as 13 years old in order to have sex with older people. Sicko. Mm -hmm. And not only that, Maxwell and Prince Andrew are old friends, and he denies all of this. In 2015, Prince Andrew was named in a lawsuit filed by women who had been recruited and trafficked to powerful men. One of these women was Virginia Roberts Jeffrey, and she claimed she was trafficked by Jeffrey Epstein and forced to have sex with Prince Andrew in London when she was 17 years old. And she said she was ordered to give the prince whatever he required. And he's denied this multiple times, but at a press conference in August 2019, Virginia said that he knows exactly what he did and she hopes he'll come clean about it. And I know there's even, there's like a famous picture of Prince Andrew at the door of Jeffrey Epstein's place mm -hmm. in New York mm -hmm. where uh, paparazzi caught a picture of him like peeking out of the door. Like we know 110% that he hung out at Jeffrey Epstein's properties, mm -hmm. his island. And trying to like peep out like that on be all secretive and not be yeah. caught just tells you he knows exactly why he shouldn't be around him and why he doesn't want his image right. to be connected to him. So say that. And later and later on, actually, uh, this this past September, she was interviewed by Savannah Gunthrie uh, for NBC. And she said she was actually raped by Prince Andrew multiple times in London. And in New York, and on Jeffrey Epstein's private island, Little St. James. No shock there, Virgin right? Islands. Powerful men with lots of money. Of course, Andrew denies ever meeting Virginia, 
though there is a photograph of them are with his arm around <laughs> her waist. Yeah. Seems pretty obvious. Mm -hmm. And he said the photo could be doctored. Mm -hmm. Does that photo look doctored to you? No, it's not doctored. Come that on. is not doctored. No, not. <laughs> Nobody photoshopped fuck? him Absolutely into that. Absolutely not. No. He was there. He's like younger. And look him. who's behind her too. Miss mm -hmm. Maxwell, mm -hmm. who's currently in prison awaiting her fate. But Prince Andrew and Jeffrey Epstein went way back, all the way to 1999, and they actually met each other through Ghislaine Maxwell, mm -hmm. who we know first certain was organizing this whole sex trafficking ring. That's unbelievable. And and connected the two. But it makes it all clicks back and makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yep. And February of 1999, Andrew flew in Jeffrey's private jet to his island. And 10 months earlier, Andrew's ex-wife, Sarah Ferguson, or Fergie, uh, as she's known by, also visited the island as well. Um, and these people weren't just associated with Andrew. They were part of the royal family social circle. And in June 2000, Ghislaine Maxwell was on the Queen's guest list for a royal party, and Andrew invited Jeffrey Epstein, actually. And Andrew was pictured with them multiple times at different events in the U.S., U.K., which just proves more and more they had a very close mm -hmm. friendship and yet he denies it's all it's yeah. all bullshit. Of course he does. Even though he took a bunch of trips with Ghislaine Maxwell, especially all over the world, and Jeffrey Epstein joined them on five trips in 2000, uh, and, and Jeffrey Epstein said he saw Andrew at least three times a year for several years. Andrew has confirmed that he has been on Jeffrey's private jet, stayed on the private island, and stayed in his homes in Palm Beach in New York, and this was all during the time, 2002 to 2005, mm -hmm that we know of where Jeffrey Epstein was trafficking underage girls at both homes. And in 2006, he was charged with the solicitation of prostitution. We all know what happened with that. He kind of got the slap on the wrist until most recently when he was, you know, he went down hard for all of it. Mm -hmm. But it, I mean, it's very, very clear that Prince Andrew is involved with it and they've definitely, I'm sure the Royal family has had a real tough time with that one. Oh, I bet. Trying yeah. to keep that yeah. under control because mm -hmm. Yeah, if that ever was and, and that's why there's this whole conspiracy with that we all seem to have forgotten about what happened to Jeffrey Epstein if you don't mm -hmm. if you don't know he mysteriously died in awaiting you know trial when we would hopefully hear a lot more information about what yeah. was really going on we and thought we were going to but but at the same time we knew he we died in his, right? died and committed suicide in a cell yeah and that's just it just goes to show you that there's there's clearly powerful forces mm -hmm. at play that are pulling strings in a lot of these with these high profile individuals and that. Yeah. The Royal family and how it all, it all set up really confirms that even more worldwide, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and, and I mean, Prince Andrew's not the only one, his ex-wife Fergie, like we said, had mm -hmm. a, actually a financial relationship with Jeffrey Epstein as well. So Epstein was, I mean, he's involved with a lot of, as people know, yeah, elite individuals. So mm -hmm. very, very interesting. I mean, it is scary. Stuff, I, I hope, I hope we one day find out the truth of, of all of the, the damage that Jeffrey Epstein did and who was involved. Yeah. Cause sex trafficking is, and just the Royal family members too. Right. Like what is their involvement? Their what, are, what things do they have hiding how, in their closet? Right. How deep does that go? Maybe. And you know, is Megan a major threat to them now? Megan and Harry. Mm-hmm. They probably know a lot. 
probably know a lot. So it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. But we want to know what you guys think about all this. We know that this was a lot of information and that there is still so much more that we could have gone over, but we would be here all day. If you want to see additional episodes or you want to see something like diving more into a specific thing, or maybe we revisit Diana or something one day, let us know. Or is there like other, I'm interested in, is there other monarchies out there in the world that have not like this similar? Yeah, obviously not. Nothing as juicy as the Royal family. They're really, no, no, really interesting. Trying to think of like all the, countries that still have monarchies i want to know though from our uk fans you know what is your opinion of the royal family what is your kind of perception do you think the theories are true or do you think you know it's just more speculation and it's less nefarious yeah what's like the is this even like a top of topic of conversation among yeah of course it is people people. seem to be really split over there people are either really into it or they think it's all bullshit and hate it and kind of embarrassed by it so I want to know where you guys fall. I can see that. But uh, that is going to be it for us today, you guys. We know we have done a ton of non-true crime episodes recently. I think we just did three in a row. We both kind of felt like we needed a little true crime cleanse. Sometimes it can get a little dark for your brain, you know, tired. So we wanted to do some other topics, but we'll be back with true crime next week. We got some really big, Mm -hmm. big cases coming that are are very, very interesting. And I know you guys will want to hear thoughts on... So until next time, keep taking your mind a a mile mile higher. higher.